I got a tackle, um, low and high, twisted my back and, and decided I couldn't go back to sea. If I couldn't go back to sea, I couldn't get promoted. And if I couldn't get promoted, I couldn't stay in the Navy. I'm Sonia Morton Firth and you're tuned in to the Sonia Morton Firth Show. Today my guest is Jim Holland, veteran and ex-Royal Navy rugby league player. I lost in two years £180,000. Wow. And it, it was a harsh lesson in economics. Jim, thank you so much for being a guest in my home. And you just said, this is your first time. It is, and, and thank you for having me. Absolutely delighted. Great. Well, it's lovely to have you here. Um, and your first time at, at sort of being filmed and interviewed. So I think that's quite I feel like privileged privileged to be one of the first to capture your story and before we get into that can you tell my audience who you are and what you do now so i'm jim holland and i'm the founder of rewards.earth great and i want to hear more about rewards.earth but before we get there can i take you back on a little bit of a journey and ask you to tell me about where it all started, how a Barnsley boy ended up in the Royal Navy. Yeah. The best thing I ever did was, was leave Barnsley. And it's not because I love the town, but... We I'm might just... have some Barnsley fans <clears throat> watching. So, so I'm a Barnsley fan. I support the team and I love the town and I love the people. But it was a great thing I did back in 1989, joining the Royal Navy. I was 17. I'd struggled since leaving school to... to hold down a proper job, I'd done various things, including working on my granddad's flower stall. And uh, I, I was at a bit of a bit of a loss, and a friend and I went into the recruitment office and I signed up and joined, joined the Royal Navy. I've got three GCSEs, three pretty poor GCSEs, and uh, jumped on a train and went down to Plymouth. And uh, had 13 wonderful wow. years in the Navy. So tell me about being in the Navy, what were your, well I guess what were your highlights and challenges? Um, well challenges, so within the first 18 months I, I was on HMS Manchester and on my way to the first Gulf War. And well you're obviously back here to tell the tale, um, I believe you played a little bit of rugby as well. I, I played a lot of rugby union, we, we played every Wednesday, of course you got the afternoon off to play rugby, we trained every Tuesday and Thursday and then all of a sudden, 25 years ago, the Navy introduced Rugby League and I got invited to play. And um, my first game I ever had, I realised you needed to be 30% fitter to play Rugby League than you did Rugby Union because it never stops. You're always running forwards or backwards. And it, it was it blew my mind, but I excelled at it because, I'll be honest, I wasn't great at passing. And, <laughs> and in Rugby League, I just had to catch the ball and run straight into people. And I seemed to excel at that. So how far did you get with the Rugby League? I, I represented the Royal Navy um, and really yeah, super proud to do that. I oh, played, wow. played the RAF back in 2000. It was fantastic. So what happened, Jim? Why did you leave? I actually got injured playing, playing rugby. I got a tackle um, low and high, twisted my back and actually pulled me out of shape. And, and unfortunately, after two years, it, it was determined that I wasn't going to get any better. And, and they decided I couldn't go back to sea. If I couldn't go back to sea, I couldn't get promoted. And if I couldn't get promoted, I couldn't stay in the Navy. So it was a bit of a shock. How did that make you feel? Because presumably that was all you knew at that point, being in the Royal Navy and being, and also playing rugby. So was that sort of the end of your rugby as well? It was, yeah. So it, it was really strange. I'd, 
like I said, I've joined the Navy with three GCSEs. I then went on to do HND in electric and electronic engineering. I did a degree in computing, so super qualified, jumping at the bit, ready to go back to sea, get promoted. And then all of a sudden, I got injured, couldn't play rugby, and I lost my job. And I got compensated very well. I, you know, I got a pension and, and I got a lump sum. But then I found myself back in 2001 in Civvy Street. And what, what was going through your mind at the time? Because I guess on one side, you've got this great pension. But on the other side, had your dreams sort of been shattered? Yeah, well, I was, I was disappointed. That, um, obviously, I wanted to get back to sea and, and, and really bring to bear everything I'd learned in, in the training environment, use my HND to full effect. And then all of a sudden, that's gone. I'm back in Barnsley and I'm like, right, what's next? So I had a brainwave. I bought a pub. You bought a pub? <laughs> I bought a pub, a town centre pub in Barnsley called the KGV. It was a, 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 a drunken moment that made me decide to buy it, but it, it looked a really viable business. And um, I would have been it would have been cheaper if I'd have spent the money at the London School of, of Business. It, I, I lost in two years £180,000. Wow. And it, it was a harsh lesson in economics. Harsh lesson in economics, but how, you know, you've, you've gone through all of this, you've left, the, you've left the Navy, you can't play rugby, and then you've bought a pub and that's gone. That hasn't worked. What, where were you at, sort of, in your mind at that point? And I was getting desperate, to be honest, because, I, you know, I'd sort of lost my sense of purpose, which, which I'd, I'd always had. And I'm like, wow, and everything that I seemed to be trying wasn't working. I was applying for jobs. I wasn't getting them. And I was at a real low ebb. What was your low point? Um, I, was working, I was working as a roofer. And, uh, that doesn't sound very low. <laughs> you were working as a roofer. <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, Dougie, said, you can come and help us out. Um, we, we can afford to pay you for labouring. Um, we're doing some roofing. So he picked, I can remember distinctly him and another guy called Dougie, the two Duggies, picked me up in a van and there were only two seats in the front. I said, where am I going to sit? They said, you're in the back of the van. And it was a caddy van, it wasn't even a big van. All the tools were in the back. And there was a dust sheet over the top hiding the tools so nobody pinched the tools. And, and I laid on this dust sheet and they set off and I'm thinking, how did it come to this? And uh, it was at that point, my, a friend of mine, who used to be my boss in the Navy, rang me up and he said, what are you doing? I said, well, you're not going to believe it. I said, but I'm on my way to do a roofing job. I'm sat in the, the back of Dougie and Dougie's van. And uh, I said, I, I don't know what to do with myself. And he went, there's a job for you at Vodafone if, if you fancy it in our team. He said, I'll speak to my boss and um, let, let's see what happens. So uh, the story goes, um, he arranged this interview, telephone interview. And he said, look, it's, it's all about Unix. Unix? Know, Unix, it's a, it's a, a programming language. Yeah. So I Googled it and I thought, right, I'll just prep, prep for the interview. So the guy called Mike rang me up and says, oh, Jim, it's Mike, um, ringing you about the job as a Unix engineer at Vodafone. I said, oh, brilliant, Mike. Yeah, superb. I said, look, I did my degree in computing. I've got HND in electric and electronic engineering. I'm a team player, really looking for something I can get stuck into. And um, he said, well, what do you know about Unix? And it was almost like a reaction that came out of my mouth. I said, to be honest, Mike, I've 
Googled it. There's 48 commands. How hard can it be? And then he's, and like you did, he started laughing. He went, come down and have an interview. I need people like you in my team. And the guy was very forgiving. I wasn't a Unix engineer, but he could see that, that I'd got the right kind of attitude and I'd be a good fit for his team and Vodafone. And I'm eternally grateful to Mike and Steve, actually, for, for bringing me into Vodafone because it 100% changed my life. And from then on, you as a right, you carried on in the corporate sphere. Yeah, I loved it. I thrived and... and I'll never be a good Unix engineer, but I, I, I did that job for 18 months, really got on well with the team. And the thing that I'm really good at is, is casting the net and, and forming relationships within the business, going the extra mile. I used to, Vodafone is a great place to work. The culture is superb. It's all about the people. And I realised there was there was like a social committee and I got on that and we, we used to organise events, stuff like Wii Tennis and stuff like that, where everyone can join in and mixed departments and I got sort of recognised for being someone who, who added extra value above and beyond the position and, and within 18 months I was on to sort of a management job. Do, do you think if if you think back to those days you'd found a bit more of your purpose having sort of lost your previous the military and your rugby yeah. were you finding your purpose then? Absolutely I mean being, being in the Royal Navy I mean Essentially, it's, it's the most effective fighting force since the Roman Legion. And just really proud to be part of it. And losing that, it was... And, and someone said to me, it was a, a psychologist um, for In Touch, the, the charity that we'd formed. He said, how did you feel when you left the Navy gym? Mm. And I said, uh, I can't put it into words. He said, well, I'll tell you how I felt when I stopped playing rugby league, because he was a professional rugby league player. He said... I couldn't think about it without feeling sad. I couldn't go to any of the grounds. I couldn't watch it on TV. And he said, and what hurt me inside was the fact that I'd left and it still went on without me. And I looked at him, I said, John, you've just said exactly how I feel inside. The fact that I'd left the Navy and it was just continuing without me. It was almost a, a sense of grief. And he said, so I like to feel like that, Jim. Yeah. And that just took a massive weight off me in just saying that and that was only probably six months ago only six months ago and how long was it has it been now just since you've left 20 years 20 years and yeah. it took that moment yeah that sort of moment of clarity for you to realize yeah. how do you feel about it now that's helped me sort of resolve that that issue because it does go on without you and it is all right to, to think i'm not part of it anymore do you think people that come out of of the service get enough sort of transitioning training into civvy life as you put it um in a word no but i think it's very hard for the service to dedicate that time there is the creator transition service that helps you but they're very <clears throat> in my opinion military focused and and, and they're either ex-servicemen and women and and whilst the with best endeavors they don't really land the message i mean i recently as part of the, the charity that we've, we've set up. I spoke to one of my friends who used to work for me on the HMS Intrepid years ago. And he said, I'm leaving, leaving the service. He said, send me a CV. And he sent me a CV and I read it. And he rang me, he said, what do you think? I said, Tony, unless you've worked in a dockyard for the last, last 14 years, you won't have a clue what's, what you've done. I said, and you're a great guy. You can have so much value to any organization you join, but that just doesn't come across from your CV. 
He said, well, the career transition workshop I went on, they said it's perfect. I went, well, all right then. I've worked in, in corporate businesses for the last 20 years and I've excelled. And if you'd sent me that CV, it doesn't say anything to me. And you're a great guy. So we rejigged it. And he got a job with the Ministry of Justice. Jim, you mentioned the charity before. So I've got to ask, can you tell me about your charity? Yeah, of course. And, and thanks for asking. It's uh, really... I think I'm going to tell you about the circumstances that led up to the charity yes, performance. Yes. I, so I, I had eight fantastic years at Vodafone. It was a brilliant place to work and really helped me resettle. I moved from Vodafone to Sky. I had two and a half years at Sky. And then I left Sky and went up to Manchester Airport Group. And I was the head of commercial at Stansted Airport. On a, joined a business that was growing and growing and growing. And then March 2020... Yeah. No. It was like, wow, we've gone no from, yeah, no flights, no passengers. So we went from 90,000 passengers a day to 90. So it was very, very quickly furloughed. The, the, the airport needed to consolidate its operating costs. And then in September 2020, I was made redundant. But being furloughed on, on a reasonable wage um, gave me the opportunity to think about what I wanted to do. And um, <clears throat> I mentioned played rugby league. And one of the guys that I played rugby league with, Nigel Burkett, tragically committed suicide 12 years ago. Oh, no. And we all went up to, to his funeral. I remember seeing some of my teammates at a very, very sad event. And uh, you never get closure about these things, but we never really did anything about it. And during the time I was furloughed, a couple of um, ex-teammates, um, Neil and Andy, contacted me and said they'd been thinking about starting a charity, but an association for ex-World Navy Rugby League players. And straight away I put my hand up and said, look, I've got time on my hands. I want to get involved. And we invited more and more people. We've got Wayne O'Kell, who was the founder of Royal Navy Rugby League with Andy Steele. We've got a retired Admiral, Chris Parry, who was in the first Falklands War. Uh, he's one of the trustees, absolute great guy, and he's been instrumental with Wayne in pushing the charity forward. Mm. And Chris came up with the name In Touch Royal Navy Rugby League. Okay. And In Touch is built on three pillars mm. Reset, Reconnect, and Relive. Reset's all about helping people on that transition from playing rugby in the Royal Navy to Civilian Street and helping people out, identifying them, making sure that they've got a mentor and that they're ready for that transition and, and make sure it lands properly. Reconnect's all about reaching out and uh, talking to your, your old oppos, making sure they're all right. And um, relive, all about getting together once or twice a year, having a couple of beers and, and a meal and uh, remembering how good or bad you were 25 years ago. Do you think if that had been around when your friend had been around, do you think that could have helped? I'd like to think so. I, I really would. And, and In Touch has only been going uh, for a year now, really. And we've already helped three people out. Oh, wow. To my okay, mind. I mean, to helping one person out it's is, just, it's is just, it's just amazing. It's just brilliant. And it, puts, it makes me feel great inside mm. to think, you know, these people uh, need help. And we've got expertise and resource to be able to deploy and help them overcome some challenges in their life. And it's just fantastic to be a part of and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, fantastic. And especially, I think, you know, the last year, the last two years, we've seen suicide rates, particularly, 
particularly amongst men, um, and I've heard veterans as well go up um, because of the situation we've been in and possibly not being or feeling very secluded and not being able to, to reach out. So I do think that's such an important thing to get across. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's been brilliant. And, and one of the things that's <clears throat> been great for me is I've reconnected with Dr. Andrew Steele, who's the founder of the Plant a Tree Today Foundation. So tell me, Plant a Tree Today Foundation. So the Plant a Tree <clears throat> Today Foundation, it's a registered charity. Andy founded it 15 years ago. Who's based out in Bangkok, um, and over the last fifteen years, he's been responsible for planting three million trees on three different continents: Southeast Asia, Africa, and in the UK. And uh, two years ago, Andy moved from Bangkok to Hull, and I'm like, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> Obviously, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And his, his answer yeah. straight away was, um, "My mum lives in Hull." And I'm like, yeah. do you know what? That's the only credible answer yeah. he could come out with. And I said, so what are you doing? So we, and he's like, well, I'm still planting trees. He said, but th th there's a problem. He said, I'm working with Armed Forces Resettlement. And he said, he said a lot of people leaving the forces don't find employment straight away. Yeah. And of the people that do find employment, within 18 months, a lot of people come unstuck. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And you went back to your days, I guess, yeah, and that's and, where you were. And I'm like, tell me more. He said, so I formed a new company called the Green Task Force. And I'm like, so what's the Green Task Force do? He said, well, it's made up of veterans who are transitioning out of the services or have transitioned and come unstuck. He said, and what we do, we plant trees on behalf of local authorities, landowners, mm. other charities, anyone that wants to plant trees. We do fencing, clear canals, litter picking, clearing woodlands. He said, some of the guys have got PTSD and we treat them through nature-based therapy. Wow. So that everyone gets a vocational qualification in horticulture. They do other courses. They've, they've, already, they've delivered 384 courses already. They've only been going two years. So 384 bits of, bits of you know, material, literature and training. Fantastic. Then, and here's, here's a really smart bit, they work with recruitment companies to help these people get back on the employment ladder. Wow. And Andy said that to me. And I just <coughs> went, that is phenomenal. That, that is brilliant. I said, I'm humbled to be having the conversation. It's brilliant. I want to get involved. And he went, right, well, go, go on then. He calls me Lofty. Go on then, Lofty. I think he's taking me. <laughs> Why is he calling you Lofty? <laughs> he said, go, go on then, Lofty. So I went away and I had to think about it. And, and Spending the time I did at Vodafone and Sky, where we used to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds acquiring new customers by giving them stuff they didn't really want or need, but, but it looked shiny and new. People who come to Sky, we give them a new TV as, as a joining present. And they're like, and I was head of sales. I'm like, I was obviously the other end of Sky. I never got a new TV. <laughs> yeah. It depends when, yeah, go around Black Friday. But, yeah, they, uh, they give it, and I used to say, surely to God, if these people are walking up to our stores and stands, they've already got a TV if they want to buy Sky. But it's just the perceived material value. So I created a business that helps the, the veterans out by getting people to subscribe to rewards.earth. And, and as a consumer, it helps you make a values-based decision and Pete, and I'm having conversations with some massive players in the industry. I've already signed deals with CBRE 
Italian Sylvestre, um, Q Green Hotels, Starbucks are going to be planting trees with this. Go Cardless yesterday said they, they want to plant trees and it's just brilliant and it's there's a real story to tell there. You, 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 it, yeah. First of all, you're helping veterans on that transition mm. and the intended consequences, you're removing carbon dioxide from the environment So it, and, and the biodiversity that comes with that. We're planting 2,280 trees up in North Lincolnshire. We've got 13 different species that's going into the ground and it's just... You fast forward five or ten years, what what we're giving back to 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 Mother to the Earth, planet, it's, yeah, it's to just, Mother Earth, yeah. Yeah, it's just just a brilliant story, mm -hmm. and then the mental health benefits for the veterans and the people from the companies, Q Green Hotels and Italian Sylvester, coming along to help plant. So they'll be working with the veterans, and everyone benefits. It's just a brilliant scheme to be involved in. Jim, it's sort of it, it's it sounds like an obvious question now. But have you now found your purpose? Yeah, I love what I'm doing, and and I'm getting helping veterans um, really appeals to me. Helping the planet. I was brought up on a on a farm in North Yorkshire, so so giving something back. And everyone is climate conscious at the minute. It's all over the news, and and I just love it. it puts a big smile on my face. Just before Christmas, Q Green Hotels, and it, it was my first big sale. And um, their managing director, a guy called Graham, rang me up and said, yeah, Jim, we're going to go ahead. We want to plant 1,200 trees. We're going to have a planting day. And I just couldn't stop grinning for three days. Sally said, kept saying, well, what's wrong there? I said, it's just brilliant because that means so much to me and so much to the guys that are going to be planting these trees. It means that this model works and we're going to get that longevity. So, so you're serving again. <clears throat> exactly. And the way I see it, I spent my first 13 years working, serving. serving. Spent 20 years in industry and corporate life. But now, you know, my legacy is to, is to spend the next 15 years in service, giving something back to Going the veterans and the, and the planet. I love it. My final question is, Jim, if you were to meet your younger self, Knowing what you know now, what advice or tips would you give him? Um, stop drinking <laughs> <laughs> at the tender age of 25. I've, I've stopped now. It took, it took a long, long time for the penny to drop. Um, work hard, never give up and apply yourself to everything 100% because you've got to be present, you've got to be in the moment and you've got to turn up and be your best. Jim, it's been a real pleasure having you on my show today. Thank you so much. I love your dream. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday. So hit subscribe and like, and you'll get it straight into your inbox.